Hello and welcome to the Creatives Podcast, where we explore ideas around creativity, curiosity and intuition. I'm the host Elise and on this podcast I'll be talking to a range of artists, both emerging and established, about their own journey with creativity. Today I have with me Hayley Littlejohn, the founder of The Creative Outsider. Hayley, how did you get that name? Hey, um, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm so keen. Um, so yeah, The Creative Outsider came from me being always on the outside like I've always been a weird kooky person um so it kind of felt really fitting for me to have this I guess owning a tag that may have been something negative in the past but now I've kind of owned it as if it's something positive so yeah just kind of wearing my true colors I guess (laughs) Mm, amazing and how do you feel like that had an impact on you growing up Yeah, so I guess being the only creative in my family, people didn't quite understand my way of thinking or I guess my perceptions of the world. So my family, their jobs are very logical, very mathematical driven. So when I did things differently, they were kind of always, you know, why are you like that? This could, obviously in an endearing way and a very kind of humble family way. But yeah, it was just one of those things I've always felt like I've been on the cusp of normality or I guess on the outside of everything which I thought starting out or as a kid it was a bad thing but now kind of growing up I'm seeing it as something that's almost like a superpower. Mm, Isn't it weird that we feel because I feel like I've been in a similar situation and my mum and dad especially my dad very logical mathematic like it just Mm. that's just his way of working but I always felt like there's something a bit wrong I was a bit more people orientated just I thought a little bit differently it's kind of like Maybe there's something wrong, but it's just a different way of being. And if anything, it is a gift. It's special that not many people have that and that really should be honoured. Yeah, definitely. Like, I feel like you can kind of relate as well, having a sibling who's like an engineer and being like <laughs> the complete polar opposites. So, yeah, like having that that idea that you don't really fit into society because of the way you perceive things. And, you know, that's not necessarily the case. But um, in many ways, I feel like creative people, because of our different perceptions of the world, we are seen as the outsiders. Mm, mm, Absolutely. And it's interesting as well that we all have such different perceptions, like to know that we probably as creatives see things more vibrantly, more different, but it does mean it's harder sometimes to navigate our way in the world because it can be so overwhelming and so overpowering with so many different kind of stimuli. Yeah. Um, How do you feel like you navigated your way through this? Yeah, so for me, I, being a designer, not necessarily an artist, I quite often really admired advertising material or I guess pieces of like logos and things like that and, you know, just finding it so fascinating. How does it work? Why do we perceive it in such a way? How how does, I guess, artwork communicate? And that's kind of the bridge between design and art for me is like seeing the wonders of the world through the eyes of creativeness and communicating through the souls of other people, which sounds very cliche, but I feel like it, it is just something us creatives do. We see the emotion behind everything. We're very emotionally driven. And I think that's how we navigate the world. Mm, and I think it finds, it makes it difficult. I mean, for me, in my case, I feel, I'm not sure what came first, whether it's, you know, some mental health issues and then creativity or creativity and mental health, but they, tend to be hand in hand and I'm not sure Mm. which one yeah comes first but it's interesting (laughs) to know that because I guess because our perception is that little bit different a little bit stronger a little bit different compared to how it could be it it is really hard to navigate yeah I think for me it's the creativeness 
comes first because I believe when we perceive the world differently quite often our perceptions are rejected or misunderstood and that I feel like comes with you know my parents not understanding you know why why don't you do the things that the ways that we do you know how did you do that just kind of I guess being so misunderstood so on the you know on the outside then that can cause a lot of I guess grief and anxiety of like do people really understand me but I guess it's nice to know that a lot of creatives feel the same way so you find your community around that but yeah it's really fascinating to see just you know the correlation between mental illness and being creative Mm, yeah for sure not that it could go hand in hand but Mm. it's unfortunately very common it's interesting that we feel like we're the outsiders like it's interesting Mm. to feel that we how we think is almost socially rejected and feeling connected is such a strong part like studying psychology and just understanding it myself feeling connected is such a big part like to feel like you belong and that's why people have a lot of self-esteem issues because they want to fit in they want to be like there's peer pressure all these things revolve around us because us humans crave acceptance yeah that's so true I feel like it's only until even recent months that I've started to realize or started to explore my identity as a person because for me growing up I was adamant that I was going to fit in you know somewhere because as humans we have that pack mentality and me being an extroverted or ambiverted person that I had this growing desire to fit in but because I was so strange to other people I was you know the classic bullying situation or just didn't feel like I it felt like effort to hang out with people because I had to change myself so much. But yeah, it's only until now that I've realized, you know, who I am as a creative person as well as who I am as a human being, which is so important for so many people. But I think being creative and being so misunderstood, it just takes you so much longer, I feel, because it's just one of those things you can't really put yourself into a box because we are so fluid in our identities, I think. Mm, and it's so hard because to fit in sometimes means changing who you are and it often doesn't bring the best out of you like it's that whole it's almost like it's diverging into this one norm who's you know blonde and young and fit and happy and it's almost like all we have such a variety of people of talents of skills of hobbies of absolutely everything but it's this you know trendiness to you know have a certain aesthetic and so people strive for that and not only is it not them but it's just becoming so much more diverged into the one thing yeah I definitely see that and it's also I think going into an industry sense as a designer people have this expectation of you that you you know being creative you can you know turn it on immediately you can get things done so quickly and you can you know just turn it on with a blink of a hat but it's it's just not like that and I think that's where it kind of becomes a problem when people expect you as a creative to be creative constantly, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yes, yeah, especially if that's your job. It's like you can't yeah. just work nine to five, okay, 5 p.m., turn the laptop off, you're done. It's like, well, sometimes ideas come at night, sometimes they come in the morning, sometimes you've got a whole day at work and nothing comes at all. And that's what's really hard is that it's not hours equals quality. It's mm. sometimes, you, sometimes you've got to flow and it's all working well and sometimes 
just nothing comes. Yeah. No, that's the one thing I always say to my mom. Like sometimes it's just the nine to five feels like Groundhog Day and I can't just switch on my creativity. And I've recently been talking to my boss who's just this wonderful human being who's slowly starting to realise that creatives are definitely different to what she thought they were. Um, She goes, sometimes if you need a, you know, get up in the morning, do some things and then work on some client stuff and then go out, have a walk and then maybe jump back on after five o'clock because I did say to her one time, I was like, you know, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I actually work much better at night. And she goes, that's okay. I mean, everyone has their own, I guess, different states of flow and they come in, in and out at any time. So I guess harnessing that state of flow within you know the corporate era is definitely something that's a real challenge to designers and creative people yeah absolutely and what do you feel helps you get into that state of flow um sometimes it's really different music is probably one of the most impactful things for me I um it depends on what I'm listening to and if I find myself in I guess a groundhog day of listening to the same five songs over and over again or finding music that doesn't inspire me then I literally can't work like it's almost impossible for me to even find that flow state. I've been recently trying like aromatherapy as well like peppermint is really helpful for focusing and I'm a very I guess a a background having a family of very scientific people who would probably be very suspicious of my efforts with aromatherapy but yeah peppermint has definitely been helpful because I guess with COVID now working from home and in my little office space in my bedroom it's important for me to have a space where it's got filled with I guess colors and posters I've been recently making some artwork to put on my wall just to help with that flow state so I guess it comes down to your space as well which is so important for someone who's working in a corporate age or corporate space to have like those little creative things to help you remind yourself that you are a creative person and not someone working in this little box (laughs) yeah and I think it's really important to have a lot of like stimuli around as well to help evoke ideas like I even just when I flick through a magazine or think of colors yeah but I think for me in terms of flow state I find it really helpful to just allow my mind to wander without judgment yeah. Rather than thinking, okay, if I'm going to come up with a design or a piece, it needs to be perfect, just allowing myself to notice things in my world and, and usually write it down or do a sketch and just be like, cool, I'm not really liking this, but it's progressing somewhere rather than, okay, if I'm doing a logo or design, it needs to be perfect and it needs to be great first go to just go for a walk, for example, and just pay attention. Just like mm-hmm. notice the colours of the leaves, like notice little things and they somehow tend to combine feel like I'm noticing a lot of things because I'm allowing myself to think without judgment yeah I think that's one of the hardest parts about I guess starting within the industry and marketing as well especially knowing that everything's got to be refined and going out to the public eye for me it's the one of the most important things that I learned within my first couple of months working at my marketing agency was basically to allow yourself to make the mistakes because you spend more time trying to perfect things and we work within retainers as well. So the clients pay a certain amount of money for a certain amount of hours output, which started off as something like that was a real challenge, but I think pushing yourself to think creatively and think about not making mistakes, but coming up and challenging yourself to make mistakes so you can learn from them, I think is so important not to get it perfect firsthand is 
you know, it's almost near impossible to do so. So why even bother? Just let it happen. As you said, be mindful of the things around you. Let it all flow through you and, you know, let that creativity flow. Um, Mm. Yeah. And I think you get so much more out of it as well because I noticed when I'm doing digital art on the Mm -hmm. iPad, if I want to keep it nice and neat, my designs tend to be quite shallow or just a bit more on the surface. And as soon as I literally get messy and just do layers of random things, I start to find ideas within those drafts that I can then pull back and refine into a nicer piece in the end. So it works out. Yeah, definitely. For me, it's like I always have to know the why and the message behind what I'm doing. So quite often, even before I start sketching, I'll, you know, create myself a little brief to tell me who is the client, what are they after, what makes them difference, what's their tone of voice, what's their message, kind of things like that to kind of get me started. And then that will kind of evoke ideas and creativity and colours around what the logo might look like. Allowing yourself to not just focus on the obvious, but maybe dive a little deeper in terms of creating a logo, what actually communicate to people and putting that emotion behind it. Mm, a deeper level. Yeah. Really. And it's interesting as well to see, because when I've noticed stuff on social media, very neat, very clean, and that's yeah. obviously the end design, but you don't often see the messy layers of frustration, of ideas. It's so easy to get caught up in, oh, why doesn't mine look, why isn't it quite not quite there? Yeah, you just see perfect websites and perfect logos, but it's interesting to know there's such a process behind it of of thinking, of drafting, of making a mess and then refining it. Yeah, I think it's so important nowadays because social media is so prominent is to remind yourself that, like you said, it is the final product and to also remind yourself that that person has gone through rigorous hours of trying testing failing learning to get to where they are today like I quite often think back when I started uni or even when I was in year 12 in design I when I yeah basically when I started out I didn't even know how to use illustrator in design I didn't even know what InDesign was I barely know how to use photoshop and I just thought to myself like oh, I'm gonna suck at this but then I also thought now's my opportunity to learn like it's gonna look shit to begin with but you have to accept that it's going to look bad but you can only improve if it's bad if you get it perfect every time you're not going to get anywhere yeah obviously saying that you're a creative and that you've always felt that creative pull how do you then find that fits in with design work that tends to be quite uh trend based or at least not quite as freeing because you have a customer yeah it's it can be a challenge but it's also it's nice to have that challenge, I think, because I like to kind of refer to designers as chameleons. So basically, we are the kinds of people that you come to us asking us, how can I look a certain way? Or this is my brand. How can we make it visual or like bring it to life visually? So for us, it's kind of like a puzzle. So we're putting pieces together. And that's kind of what I like about it. Designers, I think, are different to artists in the way that we like to be analytical. We like briefs. We like being given, I guess, a puzzle to put all the pieces together and then make it look visually really impactful. When I'm in the industry sense, I guess it comes down to how can I do the best for my client or how can I fulfill this brief in the best way possible creatively, if that kind of answers your question. But yeah, it to me isn't a challenge or isn't something that 
I dread because I don't like to, I can't explore my own creativity because I feel like design comes down to 50% creativity, but also 50% problem solving. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know I get great satisfaction when I'm thinking of a logo, when something just comes to me, when I see something outside, like that's it. Like it's such a satisfying, like that's what I want to do. That's like my little play on the words or, or Mm. understanding and it, Oh, it's such a good feeling. But yeah. um, I started doing some digital art um, works, kind of doing what I guess something that was a bit trendy um, on social media, which was like recreating photos and doing portraits of people. Yeah. But I completely burnt out because it was just recreating a photo. I don't know. It wasn't what I truly wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And I burnt out. And yeah, my, my iPad wiped itself. And I was like, yeah. that's it. Like, kind of designed to stop because it just wasn't right. And it's, how do you stop yourself from burning out? Or do you feel like this is where your flow is and you probably won't? Um, I think, yeah. So for me, my flow comes from, I guess, seeing the connections between what the client wants and visual outcomes. So I enjoy the fact that my clients come to me saying, I'd love to do this. I'd love to do, create a brand. And I'm like, okay, great. Let's get all the pieces together and let's put them together. But I think other things that I do tend to that tend to burn me out I guess uh when I'm given a brief that isn't really doesn't really give me all the pieces of the puzzle so I'm trying to figure out what the client wants Mm. and they they either don't know or they can't express it to me I think there's also a skill-based element of it as well and I think some are like oh you like art can you do this portrait in this style and I'm like I'm sorry I may be a creative, but I don't have the skills behind me to be able to do something so broad. It's like talking to an engineer to create this building and then do it in a digital format and then be able to do it in another country. Like it doesn't work like that. We we still have our niches and still need to learn different programs and skills to be able to spread wide. Yeah, that's one of the things that I really struggled with starting my job is that they're like, oh, can you create a website? And I'm like, I, I... barely touch Dreamweaver, don't really know what CSS is, Um, no, and they're like, oh, can you animate this, can you make it, and my boss and I quite often joke about this, can you make it pop, and it's kind of like, to me that it's just like, I can't do everything as a creative person, I can, I'm really good at what, like a couple of things, like my, my niches are basically branding photography and stuff all like that but when it comes to like other things like portraying and communicating I guess business documents that's still something I'm learning so it is like one of those things that because I am a creator doesn't mean that I can do everything that involves creativity yeah yeah 100% (laughs) and I find it really hard because I love learning new stuff I love like painting and digital art photography Mm. any kind of medium any style like I love and yeah. we try, but then it also means that this is probably my first time doing it and so it's not going to be very good. And like yeah. I need to just realise that. Like, <laughs> if it's the first time I'm trying something, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm not going to be good as professionals. So I just like relax, don't be so hard on myself because I'm like, oh, like it just genuinely makes me question my skills. But I've got to realise if I'm trying something new, it's not going to be great. I can't expect that of myself. Yeah, and even noticing what you're not good at is something really awesome like for me I've recently bought myself a film camera because I love portraiture photography but in like a studio environment because I can control every aspect whereas I feel like film 
and still life is something so alien to me because it's like I can't control anything until it's the final product, until I see it, you know, on the film roll or anything. So it's just pushing yourself to, I guess, try new things as a creative, push yourself to make the mo- make their mistakes because I feel like through experimentation and making the mistakes, you can find beauty in that as well and find new ways or find new niches for yourself. Hundred percent. Like experimentation is absolutely key. From experimenting with something, you can discover a new medium or new idea, and literally run with it. And I get so excited of just the endless possibilities there are. Like for say, me to discover film might mean I go for new adventures, which means like I discover new people. Yeah. Then they have new ideas or ways of being, and then like taking that into another creative way. Like just knowing the pathways that learning or trying something new can take me is just so exciting. Yeah. And for those who are working in the industry as well, especially in an industry that isn't necessarily creative, don't be afraid to also interject creative ideas within it. So I think recently I've been put on a project, just finished, I guess, the ending stages of it or the refinement stages of it. And it all came from the idea that, Haley's a creative person she can try this new idea like so a client actually came to us wanting something creative and because I put my hand up and said yeah I can do that or why don't we try this why don't we try that people are actually I feel like especially within marketing industries or industries that kind of have a creative aspect to it they're more open to trying new things now because as you said social media is something so prominent people want to get in the eyes in front of the eyes of their audience and everyone's competing and they're finding that creative creative people or creativity are helping them get in front of the eyes of their audiences better. Mm, and isn't it interesting, like, as soon as you start labelling it or at least believing it, the opportunity to take, because I know growing up, I was never much of, and I was always an artsy person, but wasn't very good. Never, you know, there's people that just do little drawings in their books as kids and that, like, whoa, that's cool. Like, I yeah. still <laughs> figures, like, loved it, but nothing great. But as soon as I started going on this journey, really associating with me being a creative, I've taken up opportunities I never would have. It's like, yeah. interesting to know if I started really thinking of myself as, say, a leader or a speaker, what opportunities would I take? Like, that's just so exciting. Mm. Think that, and, I, and I am starting to think that like now I've really been doing a lot of thinking as to where I want to go career wise and creative wise and I've noticed I've been finding a bit of a voice and that's why I'm doing this podcast to just know that an opportunity came up in like a workspace about speaking or or something I'm probably more likely to take it because I'm associating with it more yeah no like first of all super admirable like just I guess because we've known each other for so long it's just amazing to see how far you've come and it kind of reminds me of the line from um I think it's the sound of music and this is also what kind of helped me find my voice within the creative industry is that nothing comes from nothing one of the most terrifying things as a creative is that everything you do is literally a part of you it's something that you've made and you've worked over and you've you know maybe you've cried over for hours and hours and hours and putting it into the world it's something so terrifying but you never know what's going to come out from it and if you do nothing if you share nothing if you try nothing then nothing will come of it and you know for me one of the most surprising things is something that I like half the things that I just kind of chuck out on Instagram or chuck out to my 
you know, teammates saying, oh, I've just done this, you know, do whatever you want with it. And they'll be like, oh, this is really cool. Someone's going, oh my God, this is amazing. And it's like, wow, like I never thought people would actually admire something that I've worked on and never, and then might have an idea to take it somewhere further, show a client, show their friends. And then that's when my business started to, I guess, start to take off because I took that leap of faith. And I can imagine the same thing probably happened to you as well. Mm, yeah no I did and it's interesting to know what we're producing is just a collection of all the ideas experience we've had with people like it's literally shaped from everything we've had and that's how it has come out and for those that don't know I know Haley through soccer actually but we both happen to go through a bit of a rough patch and find mm. our way through creative field and kind of reconnected from there but it's yeah it's really interesting just how what you've been through is going to impact your work whether you subconsciously know it or not yeah definitely I feel like our good days and our bad days are both impactful in our future like just knowing where we've both come from and knowing that we can overcome things because of our differences have definitely fueled our passions for creativity and I guess showcasing that we can emote our stories through our passions of creativity creating art pieces it's Honestly, I feel like it's one of the most fulfilling things to be able to showcase our stories through our creativity and it's almost like a superpower. Absolutely. I feel so strongly connected and I know moving forward I'm going to be doing something. I'm going to be sharing my story. I'm going to be sharing what I'm learning because I just feel so strongly about it. Like I feel like the struggles we've been through has built us as characters. It means it's given us the strength to try something new, to be scared of starting this career or business and just doing it anyway and that's so powerful like so powerful yeah I um a couple of months ago I was part of a interview with a company called Empower Girl and I was being interviewed by a 12 year old and she was asking me questions about you know growing up in high school and it kind of let me reflect on I guess I didn't have the easiest high school experience but for a while, I think it let, I let it define myself. And I think that also impacted the way I created and showcased my work to other people. I was quite often afraid of trying new things or exploring certain concepts because I was bullied or like people just didn't really get me. So it's like, well, if they don't get me then, they won't get me now. But I think now that I've pushed past those experiences and accepted that, not everyone's perfect and not everyone's going to be a prodigy at what they do. You can kind of accept the fact that your artwork is something special to you and it doesn't need to be perfect to anyone but yourself. Yeah, yeah. And I think for those who naturally just fit in, they take it for granted. And so you've really had to have that discovery of, okay, who am I? Where do I fit in? What's my true self? And that's already a massive learning curve. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like creativity has also helped with that. I feel like people who are listening now, if they've ever gone through a hard situation or struggling to find their way in the creative industry, know that there's millions and millions of people on this earth all trying to, you know, make their way in the world and showcase their work. But you can't expect yourself to be better than everyone else because it's just impossible. As long as you find your niche, find the creative style that makes you happy and allows you to explore yourself, then, you know, you don't have to be a millionaire because ideally you've found who you are. That's something more special than being famous. Yeah, and I guess that's kind <laughs> of like the whole purpose of living is to 
find who you are and find that happiness. And I guess through success and fame and money is one way that people think they're going to find it. But if you found it, like yeah those things become irrelevant Mm, I think that's one of the things that I really struggled with as well because knowing design and the creative industry is very competitive like especially within communication design or graphic design like there were 500 kids in my year level at uni and it was just so competitive but all throughout it I was like oh my gosh if I don't get a perfect score if I don't get a HD I'm never going to make it as a creative person like I'm never going to make it I'm never going to make it and so I'd push and push and push to get better and you know it obviously did make me a better graphic designer but I felt like I lost a lot of the sense of making those mistakes and accepting my failure and once I got into the industry I was like yes I finally made it but now I'm kind of afraid to make those mistakes and through making mistakes in the industry it's not the end of the world and you're never not going to be famous if you ever make a mistake but I think just understanding that yes the creative industry is very competitive but it also doesn't mean that you'll never make it not everyone has to have their name in lights success is different to everyone yeah and I think I'm starting to realize that as well like it I've been doing a lot of thinking lately. I've actually won one of the, so I work at the snow at the moment and one mm-hmm. of the departments is actually just working in the ticket booth. And so sometimes when it's quiet, I have a lot of time. And so I've really been just thinking about things and it's been interesting for me to have this belief that I I need to be big and successful. Yeah. And I, I guess that's where I'm expecting my happiness to be, but really just tackling why I feel that way and why is average not okay to me has been really interesting. And and yeah. it's coming down to just being more present in the moment and just being myself. That's what's given me the greatest joy. It's better than even just thinking it's more powerful. It's a shortcut way to getting that happiness rather than thinking, okay, if I become successful, then I'll be happy. It's like, okay, well, how can I just go straight to the essence of happiness? Yeah, all these external things and find it within. And mm-hmm. oh my god, it's been such a weird <laughs> and crazy thing. It is one of those weird things, and um, I think yeah, for me it was just like going through that experience of like I'm gonna be like for me to be successful is to find a job, and I was so anxious. I couldn't eat. I couldn't sleep towards the end of my uni. I guess pathway because I was just like if I don't get a job I'm not going to be successful I'm going to have to change my path I'm going to have to work a nine-to-five job in a business sector or something like that and it was like when I got into the industry I was like oh my god okay this is perfect life is going to be great now and it was like almost like a full circle now that I'm in the industry I have to prove myself and it's just like where does it stop like now that I'm in the industry, I'm working for big clients and things like that. It's almost like the pressure's starting to build as well. And it's like, I am successful now, but why don't I feel fulfilled? It's almost like the because that pressure's on that I have to sustain it. When in reality, success could have just been me doing some great stuff for people but I'm still trying to figure out that what is that success to me but yeah I think it's just such an interesting thing when when does that fight for success stop when's the next thing you know does it ever I mean (laughs) chasing 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 and it's interesting because you think especially even if you set a goal okay oh I will say I'm successful if and then yeah like if I sell 10 works this year Mm-hmm. You, you do that and then you realize, okay, well, I've done it now. Okay, well, then it has to be 20. Well, then it has to be 30. And even if you're deemed successful, well, then you've got people on Instagram and social media that are triple your following. Like, 
unless you are deemed the most successful person in the world, you'll always have people more successful than you. So you're never going to feel fulfilled. And it's just interesting to know, yeah, when you even do reach those goals, it's still a void. Like you still got to keep chasing. And I guess that's made me realize, okay, if I am going to have to keep chasing and getting bigger and keep growing, well, then why don't I find the happiness where I am? As mm. Yeah, I feel like it's social media is one of those really annoying things. So for me, I work in a social media marketing agency. Everything that I do, I put on social media for my clients. So like I'll be work, my clients want me to basically post content for them. So I'm this chameleon person that's posting things around the butt. The analytics, I can tell you now, are so strange to me. I think it's the statistics if you post on Instagram or Facebook, only 0.3% of your following will actually see your post. So if you have, you know, 5,000 followers, potentially only 100 people will see it. So when you get get disappointed that you may not get as many likes as you want, it's because of the analytics behind it. You also have to understand where before I post anything, this is the actual process I can take you through. Before I post anything on social media, we actually schedule it in. So the content that you see on these pages has been created month prior. And we actually can see when our followers are most active. So we actually post then. So when you post something on social media, your success is defined by when your followers are active, your organic following, um, the more followers you have, the more likes you're most likely to get. Quite often companies put money spend behind that. So how that algorithm works is that people who follow the page, the people who they're friends with will also see the post and so on. So that's how they get more likes and following. So if you ever as a creative feel like you're struggling with your following or your likes or whatever, know that it's not your work. It's most likely the algorithm. So I can tell you that now it's just one of those things that really plays with the psyche of the person. And even for myself, I don't post that frequently, hence why I don't have many followers. But it's it's still one of those things that I get so much anxiety about because it's like I know because of the analytics I'm not going to get that many likes, but I still get anxiety because I'm like, oh, my God, my friend didn't like my post, therefore they don't like me anymore. It's like, no, because they probably haven't seen it because everyone's fighting for their attention. Mm, and you've got to believe it in yourself. Like if you're putting your worth on something external, it's going you're going to get plagued by it. Like if yeah. you know there's not many likes, oh, was it not good? Like as soon as you believe it in yourself, it doesn't matter. And like that's why, you know, I I don't care how many people listen to this podcast. I don't care if it's one or a thousand or like it really doesn't bother me because I know deep down, I believe in what I say. I'm passionate about the topics I talk about. I'm engaged with what others have to say and that to me is all I want from it yeah you know that's the same with say Instagram like I'm just going to post what I feel like because I want to get the message out I want to share things but I'm not caught up in it because I don't have any of that I don't have any external dependence on it it's not like yeah I need it to then feel happy I need it to show that I'm validated it's just like oh cool so yeah and that's so important that we don't get caught up in it a hundred percent it's just one of those things that really it can play with people's lives. And I think when you're starting out with your own business or, you know, your own creative page, it can be one of those fear-driven things if you're not getting many likes or if you're not getting many followers. Quite often influencers, they aren't made overnight. Most of them have to work for it, have to pay money, have to do endorsements. But 
at the end of the day, if you do want to grow your business online or have an online presence, it actually comes down to the connections you make in real life or even just posting things, showcasing your work. It only takes that one person who is connected with the industry to share and stuff like that. So if you understand that social media runs on other people seeing your work, it's it kind of it diminishes the fear that you aren't good enough because it's it's to other people it relies on other people's opinions when in reality if you like your work if you think you're doing a great job shouldn't that be the reason why you're doing it exactly that that in itself should be enough that in itself should be enough that you believe it that should be it it shouldn't matter what others think it shouldn't matter Mm-hmm. what what likes it gets like if you're doing the work and it feels authentic like that is honestly everything <laughs> yeah and I feel like it, it's also one of those silly things now that I I see people doing the strangest things just for likes comments and things like that a lot of the creatives I know will post things on Instagram because they're proud of their work they don't need other people to tell them that it's great they do but like they do get people saying oh it's great but it's just kind of like I'm really proud of this guys can you just have a look I don't care if you like I don't care if you did this it's just like I'm proud but some people which are still figuring it out like I'm not judging them but like they will I guess see things do things out of character just to get those likes and yeah, it's not even just a creative thing. Just like everyone, I feel like on social media, it's just portraying this false sense of self because of the horrific nature of it that, you know, we're judging one another based on the way we look rather than, you know, the perceptions of the actual person within. But yeah, that's just for another day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even just to continue on though, like it's life yeah. in, in general, like, the things that people do to fit in or the things that people do for attention or validation from others is crazy. Yeah, I know I was talking to my boss the other day and so she's like a massive social media guru. She works mostly with like CEOs and really high-end business people that aren't particularly great at social media and she says it takes I think seven seconds for people to judge you and like on social media I feel like it's less because people are scrolling you really have to fight for people's attention with like half a second (laughs) yeah literally though and it's just like I think because so many things like social media the media Netflix and things like that are just fighting for our attention constantly that we forget to take that step back and to I guess see the beauty in this world and I do believe creatives have that capacity more so than other people, not trying to like brag or anything. Creatives are pretty cool, but like, I feel like, yeah, we have that capacity to take a step back and see the beauty within the world. And like even sharing it on social media, I know it's this creative irony, but it also for me is stopping and looking at someone's work on social media and appreciating it, especially my friends work quite often. I'll comment on it because I know how terrifying it is to post something and I'll be like, oh my God, this is great. Like wherever I can just to interject and really take the time to comment or to like someone's work, just to make sure that I know you're proud of your work, but I just want to validate it as well. You don't need my validation, but I'm just letting you know that this is really cool. (laughs) Yeah. And it's such a scary thing to post what you create. Like it's literally a part of you. It's a manifestation of your thoughts and experiences and feelings. And that is a huge thing to put out into the world. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I feel like we're going in this huge circle, but it, we do need to reiterate it. It's just like putting yourself on social media. Like it's easy to take a photo of yourself and put the filters on, but you can't put a filter on your art. 
and like it's down to the person to interpret it to whether they like it or not have a formal opinion around it we can't you know place this filter over to make it look beautiful it is what it is yeah and that's the beauty of being a creative is that you get to be raw that you get to put out stuff that is literally a representation of what you're thinking or feeling or Mm -hmm. working through or you know like it's literally so raw and so open it's a beautiful thing that we get to do that and I find you know art is a form of therapy and so I get to see that actually come to life and put yeah yeah definitely like art for me I still struggle with because I am a perfectionist and that's where I feel like the designer comes out and out in me it's like everything has to be completely rounded and softened off and I remember in high school my teachers would always tell me to scribble in your visual diaries and it was just this obsession that I couldn't I was too afraid to be messy I was too afraid to be raw and I think it's still something I'm trying to figure out but at least now that I feel like I'm trying to be more rough and raw and experimental. That's when the therapy is coming out and accepting that my work doesn't have to be perfect. I don't have to be perfect. And, you know, I'm just learning. Mm. And I feel like I had a similar situation. I moved schools in year 11 and I picked up a studio art one. And so I was already like, everyone's already, you know, ahead of me. Like this is really scary. And I got my first visual diary and I was looking up on things on Pinterest and trying to copy it and keep it really neat. I wasn't actually exploring ideas. I was literally just trying to make the pages look nice and perfect. Yeah. And I was like, you know, first of all, I'm not going to get marks because it doesn't actually meet the criteria of exploring ideas and refining. And second of all, if no one's going to see this book, I'm, you know, I may as well try and, and know that no one's going to look at it. So don't, don't worry about what people think. It's just know this book's me. I'm going to do that. And so it turned from something that was like I just couldn't come up with new ideas because I was too worried they wouldn't look good on the page and that I'd have to rip it out to thinking, okay, this is like I know obviously it was getting marked, but just to think, okay, no one's going to look at this. I can do whatever. And I started scribbling and I literally went through like three folios (laughs) of just like compiling paint and drawings and writing and everything. And it was such an amazing process to open up. And I guess that fueled my belief in in being able to do that because I was massive perfectionist and just letting that go is like it's built a bit more of a belief in me and and now I do have a bit more strength to just you know what it might not look good whatever yeah no I definitely feel like every creative has gone through the stage of like I remember in year 12 it was just a horrific year of just like I think I restarted my viscom folio about three or four times during the year like from the beginning like ripping out every single page and starting again because it was like it's not perfect I'm not going to get that 50 I'm not going to get that 50 I never got a 50 to be honest but you know it was just like one of those things that was I was so afraid and so like to the point where I just like I couldn't put a pen to paper like I was so afraid to just mess it up make it not look good and like now looking back at my work I mean it was great for what it was but it's just like I wish I let go of that fear then because I could have learned so much I could have had an open mind to oh I could try this and you know going on a tangent and that's where I could have found I guess different concepts or different ideas but I was so adamant that like that one idea that I had in my third like had the first idea that's what I was going to do and because I didn't have the skills I couldn't actually produce it and I would get frustrated that because what was going into my head didn't reflect what was going on the page I would just have to start again and keep going keep going when 
I could have explored so many different other things and that's what really frustrated me but the sooner you let go of the fear the sooner you let go of you know the fear of not being good enough or not getting it right the first time that's when you will explore different avenues it, just because your first idea is great doesn't mean it's going to be the final product you know what yeah. I mean yeah yeah and you're growing as a person as well as your works like when you do stress about how good it is you're limiting like your brain is literally shutting off any potential yeah. ideas it's like no 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 it needs to be perfect and you're shutting it off and once you start to really just open up not only like are more ideas coming but you're growing you're accepting imperfections you're accepting that things might look bad and then you're having to sit with the belief that you don't feel good enough and you're working through it so it's just it's a win-win when you open up like that yeah I feel like also the classroom concept of being in a creative studio with like other people it's one of those scary things because you do get those kids in the class that are just like prodigies and everyone's comparing themselves to each other and I feel like it it's both a toxic but it's also a good learning environment to express each other's works to look at each other's works see what's working see what isn't working and stuff like that that was one of the most I guess therapeutic things for me during my uni experience is to let go of the fear and just put my work up on the wall because quite often people will actually appreciate my work but also give me advice it's like oh have you tried this and it would open up my mind even more to the fact that I can still improve my work I can try new things I can it kind of solidified that I was on the right track to what I needed to do for the project and yeah absolutely and I mean like I know design is really competitive but collaboration is so powerful like especially even going back into that classroom setting it shouldn't be all individualized and competitive like imagine what would happen if we kept collaborating like you showing your work then may spark the idea for someone else's work and you just keep bouncing off yeah I think one of the worst things and I was definitely a culprit of this is that I'd always compare myself to other people but we would audibly do it and I feel like as a creative industry and a creative community like it's always good to uplift one another but when you downplay your own work and uplift another person one that puts pressure on that person but it also kind of diminishes your work as well and so I I realized this I think in my second year that I was doing this and so instead of being jealous of other people I would accept the fact that my work wasn't necessarily as good as theirs it was just different and so if they did something that I really admired instead of going oh my god that's so cool my work's so shit I would be like hey how did you do that hey I love what you did there how did you do that and they'll be like oh my gosh thank you so much this is how I did it I love your work too and so it started this open conversation about how can we both uplift one another and both improve each other's works rather than me downplaying my work and pushing up their work. So it's kind of like having starting that conversation of not everyone's perfect, but also if you just ask people how they do things and, you know, everyone can inspire one another and we can all grow together. Yeah, you don't have to sacrifice yourself for someone else as well. Like you don't have to downgrade what you're doing just because someone else is good like your your work can be good and so can theirs you know you're you know yeah I I feel like it's we keep compromising we keep thinking okay well if theirs is good mine's bad if theirs is great mine's still bad but you can be inspired by people you can have people that do better work than yours doesn't mean yours is bad yeah it's just different it's bad it's just different yeah it's like one of those silly things it's like because creativity isn't 
measured by numbers. It's like, well, if you do a maths test, you can literally grade people who did the best, who did the worst. It's like, it's actually within the numbers. But when everyone's given a different brief, everyone's following a different pathway, a different style, a different, you know, target market, how can you compare yourself when something, it's like the whole apples and oranges thing. You can't compare yourself to other people because you're working on something completely different. Like for me, especially in design, how we grade ourselves and how well we've done is, especially within a uni environment, our, like our, basically our, um, I think it's rubric. Yeah. A rubric was, did you fulfill the brief? Did you do what the client was like, basically, did you do what the client asked? If so, cool. Great. That's good design. But did you do it creatively? Cool. It doesn't say anything about they use this color blue. They're really good at drawing. It's, it's like that that's got nothing to do with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting just how we perceive ourselves, especially creativity. It's limitless. It should be you know, it's all based on experience. Nothing is truly authentic. Like if I'm, say, doing a drawing that I believe is completely original, well, it can't be because it's based off my experience and that's how I came up with that thought. Mm-hmm. And so it shouldn't be this, you know, competitive, I need to be better than you, I need to have more and be above you because there isn't. Like what we are as creatives is just us sharing our interpretation of the world creating meaning. Like it should be a, a collaboration-based thing, not a, a comparison. Yeah, and I think especially, like, I always revert back to uni, but it was such a weird time. Like, we would get half the class sharing their work and the other half not sharing their work. Like, they were too afraid and they're like, I feel like there was this, it, depending on the the person within the class, they were either too afraid to show their work. Um, I guess I could revert to the stereotype someone who thought they were great at everything and would always show their work, people would always be like, oh, you're an asshole." But it's just like, no, they're not an asshole. They're literally, they're taking pride in their work or they're wanting to get better. Like that, I would always show my work in the essence of like, I would explain it. This is what I do. I'd put my hand up, ask questions. I'd always give feedback to other people because it showed I cared about their work and I wanted them to improve in a way that was not me putting them down, but me seeing the potential in their work. So it's kind of like you have to let go of the stereotype of being that person in the class, that person not afraid to put their work out or give people feedback. You're not an arsehole if you do that. You're actually someone who cares about people enough to see things from their perspective and then give your opinion they don't have to take it but like if you do it in a way that uplifts them you're not an asshole (laughs) yeah and I mean people you like you don't know what you don't know like yeah you're then sharing your work and someone comes up with something completely different you would never have thought of it Mm. and then not shared it and so I think that's a really powerful thing yeah of of doing that exactly yeah, we, we really just need to foster a collaboration, not competitive environment. And I think us creatives will thrive. Yeah, exactly. I think people thrive within a community that uplifts and supports one another. If we make creativity a competitive, you know, industry, which in a sense it is from a business perspective, but if we uplift each other, if we ask each other questions, how did you do this? How did you do that? Like it will just be this wonderful community where people share thoughts and ideas. And I definitely see that in many a sense where there's this brilliant show on the ABC called Artworks. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's just like this collaborative community of people asking, showcasing each other's work, asking, you know, what did you do this? What did you do that for? And it's just like this wonderful show of like expressing different people's 
approaches to art and it's just it's just wonderful but I think yeah having that community around you of that's supportive and I think creative people because we've gone through so much and because so many of us have mental illness we already have created that community I think because yeah. it's like yeah we've gone through so much why shouldn't we uplift one another a hundred percent and it does no harm in doing that you know to just give a positive response to work to foster someone or build someone else's like beliefs it does no harm in yourself Mm. it just keeps having that ripple effect I guess of building someone up that builds you up and it just keeps going I'm so excited to see where I guess like my community even goes if we keep empowering each other yeah exactly I think ever since you reconnected or connected because we both figured out we were creative people who've gone or seen some shit we were like oh my god like and then we started sharing ideas and concept and we were building this connection with one because we could understand each other's creative sense but also our struggles in life and I think yeah seeing your community grow it's just something so fabulous because I feel like so many people have seen your story because you've been so raw about it and gone oh my god like this person's amazing but also can pick out pieces and be like I relate to that so much so I'd love to see your community grow because it's just one of those things that you you showcase such a raw essence of who you are you're unapologetic of who you are and people just are so inspired by that and we just I for me myself I love seeing you create it's just a beautiful thing oh thank you <laughs> thank you but I think it's just because it's authentic like I don't yeah. care what my followers are or anything the only reason I kind of want to build a community is because I want people you know I want to share things to people I want to speak I want to share what I know and whether however that comes out I don't know but I just know whatever I'm doing is coming from an authentic place and I want the community is such a big thing yeah and I feel like even if it like kind of how you said previously or earlier it's doesn't matter if it only impacts one person or 300 people like you're sharing your story you're sharing who you are you're getting your message out there it doesn't matter how many people it reaches you're just I guess fulfilling your thoughts and your feelings and your emotions and you know connecting with people is just so important to you and it, it it definitely comes through your community yeah 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 I'm just I just know whatever I'm doing feels like it's on the right path like yeah everything's been really effortless lately and it's you know translated into a podcast and I'm just I'm really excited to where things go I don't know where they're going to go or how it's going to turn out that I don't care I just know I've got the right feeling like this gut feeling that I'm on the right path and I'm just going to keep chasing it (laughs) but that's the beauty of it like the creative industry is just constantly changing and because it's so fluid like you never know when the like the next trend's going to come along or you never know what's going to happen next with it and so being on that path and journey knowing that you're expressing yourself in any way you can or like showcasing your works it's just like kind of going with the flow and that's the beauty of it it's just it's ever changing it's ever evolving and yeah it's just awesome (laughs) yeah oh thank you and thank you so much for coming on it's been really incredible to be able to reconnect with you again as I said you know we met through soccer and it was just a friendship but to reconnect through our struggles and then that kind of creativity has Mm. been so insightful and empowering Oh my gosh, thank you so much for having me on. Like, I was just so excited to even be a part of such an amazing podcast of amazing people that you've interviewed and favoured you to consider me. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Well, that wraps up this week's podcast with Hayley Littlejohn. We spoke about her experience growing up and feeling like an outsider, some of the problems faced in the creative field, 
and we had a look behind the scenes at being a graphic designer. We talked about how fundamental it is to have your own definition of success and how important it is that we don't rely on social media for validation, but rather that we find it within. We looked at flow states and not being judgmental towards your works, as well as the power of collaboration. To find out about more creatives like Hayley, stay tuned.